no matter how deep the convictions are about that belief, mm-hmm. even if you accept it as true, it does not make it true. To shed old beliefs means to walk through a time of uncertainty mm-hmm. to get to a place where I can build new beliefs and figure out who I am truly mm-hmm. and figure out what kind of power I really have, not one that I've been taught mm-hmm. I have. Is the pain of changing greater than the pain of staying the same? Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of In the Clear, where our goal is to help you get clarity on all aspects of your life using a balanced approach of both logic and emotion. Today's episode is going to be on the power of being clear on changing old beliefs. And I know that Stefan has a great story to start us off with. Yeah. How are you? Good. How are you? (laughs) How are you feeling? (laughs) I'm feeling great. We talked about feeling and thinking on a previous episode. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it makes me think of, I call it the elementary desk. Mm -hmm. Um, But I often refer to that when we think of outgrowing old beliefs. Mm -hmm. You are also a teacher. Yes. And so you've gone back to school. I've gone back to smaller schools because of my kids. Um, But what comes to mind is when I went back to an elementary school, it reminded me of when I was a kid, when I was seven years old or eight or nine years old. Back then, I played what was called mini basketball. Mm -hmm. So it was like basketball, but the gym was small and the basket was lower. Back then, it seemed so high. I couldn't (laughs) dunk, right? But it was quite low when you go back as an adult. And my desk, where I would put all of my pens and erasers and everything seemed so big. I could fit so many things in Mm -hmm. as a kid. My cubbyhole for my lunchbox seemed so high and so big. Mm -hmm. But when I went back as a parent with my kids and saw and realized how little everything was, I was like, holy moly, Mm -hmm. this is so tiny. Yet when I was a kid, it seemed so big. And what it reminded me of is that that is where very often we install new mental models, Mm. where we adopt beliefs, which often if we don't outgrow them by default, even as an adult, they will keep on driving our day to day life. Mm -hmm. So today I'm in my 50s. I no longer operate on the default system or mental model because consciously I made an effort to redefine my identity, mm-hmm. question my beliefs. Mm-hmm. And my questions were that belief that I shaped and formed and adopted as a kid, does it still serve me? Is it still relevant or has it become obsolete? Mm-hmm. And if we don't question those beliefs, they'll keep on driving us. Now, if good mental models were installed as mm-hmm. a kid, let's keep them. But the the exercise is to question and go through belief by belief. Mm -hmm. And to check from time to time if certain beliefs are still ones that you believe in or Mm -hmm. that serve you or that align with who you are now and who you've become or if they are ones that you need to leave behind you. When we talk about changing beliefs, honestly, the first thing that comes to me is cultural beliefs and religious beliefs because... Mm. For the longest time, that is what guided me in becoming who I was at any point in my life. It's 
am I being seen as good by the culture I belong to or am I being seen as good by the religion that I was raised into and that I was born into or not? Like those were the huge things for me. And I didn't even give myself the right to question certain things because I didn't know I had the right to question certain mm. things. When you're a child, that is what you're born into. So anything else new that you learn comes on top of that. So I remember when I was younger, my dad would take me to visit his friends who lived far away from us and they believed in different religions. But to me, the default was the religion that I was born into. Mm. And I didn't give myself permission to ask myself, are those things I believe in? Mm. I just believed in them because I was born into them. Mm. And sometimes when people hear me say this, they say, are you saying that our religion is bad? Or that's not what I'm saying at all. But if you only believe in something because you were told you have to believe in it, then do you really believe it? Or are you just following mm -hmm. out of wanting to please those who told you you need to believe this? Mm -hmm. So giving yourself the right to question a belief doesn't mean that you are saying that belief is wrong or mm -hmm. something's wrong about it. No, it's saying, how are you going to go about developing the conviction in this belief mm -hmm. or the lack of conviction in this belief? Like, learn about it. Mm. Learn to understand where a belief comes from and whether it's something that aligns with you or not. And in applying that to my own life, I remember being so young and asking questions to my religion teachers about certain things. And the comment I always got was like, where are these questions coming from? Do you go home and think about everything that you learn and come back the next day with a list of questions? And I'm like, yeah, mm. <laughs> that is what I do. Yeah. I'm curious. I want to mm. know, why would God want people to do this? Why would God want women to be a certain way or not be a certain way? Why are men allowed to do certain things and women aren't allowed to do them? Why is it that the culture and religion that I belong to oftentimes are at odds with one another, but I still have to believe in both of them. Mm. And I was very young when I started asking these questions. And again, I never got answers. I only got descriptions of myself. Mm. You ask too many questions. You're too curious. That's just the way things are. And if I had listened to that and continued to curb my curiosity and say, I don't need to be asking questions. Actually, if I do ask questions, that might be a sign that I'm not a believer mm. or that I'm not a good person because I'm not following the rules or I'm saying, hey, where did that come from? If I had fallen for that, I wouldn't be who I am today. But I continued to question once I became an adult I could research where all of that came from. Mm. I could see other points of view from people who have different belief systems and different value systems. And I would say most importantly, I learned that there is nothing wrong with me for wanting to know where a certain religious rule comes from, mm. what the purpose of it is, or where a certain cultural norm comes from, and whether I agree with it or not. 
I think especially when it comes to cultural norms that have to do with men and women, I mm. really, really have a problem with so many things. And I'm mm. not just talking about my culture. I think in the grand scheme of the world, in any community that you look into, there are certain norms mm. that divide men and women. Sometimes they're more fair towards men and sometimes they're more fair towards women or maybe that's not the right way to say it. Sometimes they're more in favor of mm -hmm. men and sometimes they're more in favor of women. But anytime there's like a gender role, like women are the ones who clean and cook mm -hmm. and, you know, they are the ones who carry the emotional burden and weight of everything that goes on in the household. They are the ones who keep everything organized. They can multitask. Men can't. Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I cannot sit there and be like, yeah, that's the truth. I don't believe that it is. I think it's all conditioning. Mm -hmm. We've been conditioned to believe in certain norms. And so... Like I said, giving myself permission to question all of that gave me so much power, but it also gave me many enemies mm -hmm. and many critics and many people who will use that, like my willingness to question certain things and norms and shake things up to As say— defiant. Yeah, uh, she's defiant. How can we trust anything mm. else that she says? And it's like, first of all, I don't want someone to trust every single thing I say as the absolute truth because it could be my truth. It doesn't mm. have to be yours. If you read my books, if you listen to my audiobooks, and if you're watching this podcast, listening to it, you'll know I will never, ever tell you that you need to follow what I do 1000% and Stefan you're the same mm. you would never advise a person to just follow you blindly you want people to think for themselves they can be inspired by you they can be motivated by you but you don't want someone to look at you and say you're perfect mm. and to idolize you because none of us are so as much power as questioning gave me it also put me in a place where now because I know what I stand for and I know what I'm willing and not willing to compromise and I know the power of what I know is, I'm in a place where I stand out in a mm. way. I'm not conforming. Mm. I'm not someone that you can expect to just in a previous episode we said you're like a wallflower mm -hmm. you know you blend in you're on the margin you're you know you never really raise your voice mm -hmm. you never make a statement i'm not that anymore another really important part of questioning old beliefs that you had is recognizing that that's going to allow you to build a brand new person mm -hmm. who has to let go of certain people who has to let go of certain versions of yourself, that has to go to new places and seek new opportunities and take new risks. To change beliefs mm -hmm. means that something inside of you is changing. And just because you feel that resistance from the outer world coming towards you, that's not a sign that you're moving in the wrong direction. That's a sign that you are moving. Mm -hmm. period mm -hmm. you can figure out later whether that was the wrong direction or not but mm -hmm. try it 
Because if you are not fully convinced that where you are and what you believe in is in full alignment with who you are and what you want for yourself, mm -hmm. then what's the harm in trying something new and moving towards something new? So take the resistance that you get from the outer world as just a sign that you are changing. Mm -hmm. That's it. You don't have to label it as this means I need to go back because you can't grow and move upwards in life while you're still being weighed down by things that are trying to pull you down, mm. pull you back to what you were before and who you were before. You can't do that. Mm. You're going to have to make a choice to let go of certain things so that you can elevate yourself. Yeah. I think it's also important to realize that resistance sometimes comes from the inside. Mm -hmm. We get a lot from the outside. Yeah. But sometimes it's ourselves resisting ourselves mm -hmm. because changing to new beliefs is not easy. Our brain wants to stay comfortable in the old ways that it knows. And as we start questioning, I'm talking for myself, when I started questioning some of my beliefs, initially I kind of had to convince myself mm -hmm. of this new belief because you're always called back. You've Uh, gotten used to knowing and accepting that old beliefs. It was a huge part of you. Now to let go of that, it might take some time. Mm -hmm. And you might have to use mantras, for example, and repetition to rewrite over the software to make sure that this one sticks. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't come easily. Resistance sometimes comes from the inside. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I thought of this example of going back to my kids' school, how little it felt, I then thought, okay, well, some of the beliefs that I installed back then were based on the data that I was getting at that point. The data has changed since. For example, if I was waiting for a friend, he invited me to a place, mm -hmm. I went and waited, and he never showed up, I could have interpreted that as... I'm not enough, he doesn't care about me, and install a mental model that says, Stefan, nobody cares about you. Mm -hmm. Because of a situation that happened when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. 30 years later, people might show up and think that I am important and that I am enough. But if somebody is late, it could kick right back in that belief of when I was eight years old or nine years old you know what, maybe they don't care about you or maybe you're not enough. And so it's a belief that you install that might have served you back then, mm -hmm. but no longer serves you. And so when I talk about questioning beliefs, to me, first is to make sure that it serves me today. If mm -hmm. it does, I can still, even if it didn't come from me, if it came from religion or yeah. culture or parents, mm -hmm. if it's a good belief that empowers me, I'm good with it. Yes. I don't need to reverse it. Mm -hmm. But if it no longer empowers me, it's okay for me to question it yes. and replace it. Mm -hmm. And there are things that had been stuck to me as a kid. Let's call it labels. We are all familiar with post-its, mm -hmm. right? That you stick on the fridge or whatever. Um, so it's like the way I see it, teachers, instructors, family members, friends as a kid put post-its on you. Mm -hmm. One is you don't look good. The other one is you don't run fast. The other one is you're not good when reading out loud in class. Mm -hmm. The other one is you're too short. The other one, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we get so many post-its stuck on us as kids. 
And if we keep on going by the default mental models, mm-hmm. as a 50-year-old today, I would still have these same post-its that were stuck on me by a teacher and instructor as a kid. Mm-hmm. So when we start questioning, we have to review and say, am I really ugly? Am I really still too short? Mm-hmm. Am I really not able to read out loud? Because I can grow. I can mm-hmm. learn and I can change. And very often we change, we grow, but the beliefs remain the same. Mm-hmm. And they keep on driving us without us being aware of it. Absolutely. And so it's okay to let go and remove some of those post-its, literally, mm-hmm. and place new ones that we r- write the new belief on and stick on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And in that process of removing those labels and all the external post-its that Mm. everyone placed on you when you were younger, you can also ask yourself, how did it feel to be labeled that way? Mm -hmm. Because that also helps you change the belief. Mm. If you say it made me feel angry, well, did you express that anger back Mm -hmm. then? Probably not. Express it now. Say, how did it make you feel to be labeled as you're not good enough? Your grades aren't high enough. You're stupid. Mm. How did that feel to hear it? Mm. Say it out loud. I felt hurt that someone called me this way or it just made me feel so bad every Mm. single day. Like just express that anger. Give it an opportunity to be released Mm. so that you could welcome a new belief with Mm. new emotions attached to it. So it's important that on that journey that you are logicking your way to a new belief, that Mm. you also feel your way to a new belief. And when we were talking about resistance, so in my book, The Only Constant, that's coming Mm. out in March of 2024, go pre-order it. I do talk about resistance being one of the hindrances to change when you, we are trying to effect any kind of change in our lives or when we are navigating a change that was thrown our way. Resistance, whether it's internal or external, is one of the things that stops us. We take mm-hmm. it as a sign saying, stay in your place. It's too scary to get to the other place. Mm-hmm. So when you are trying to move in a different direction in your life, you might mistake the unfamiliarity that you feel on that new direction with danger. Mm -hmm. If it's unfamiliar, then it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. But reflect on the familiarity that you are currently in and ask yourself, is it safe? Because It's actually welcoming of who I am and who I know I want to be and where I know I want to go. Or is it safe because I'm in protection mode? Mm. I'm hiding myself and I'm protecting myself from fully projecting who I am into the world around me. Because if I do project myself, then I am in danger. So is it the kind of safety that you feel you can explode and expand into the world around you? Or is Mm -hmm. it the kind of safety that's just like, I'm okay here. You know, I I don't need to take new risks. I don't need to try new things. Mm -hmm. So if the current familiar that we are in or that we are used to is one that crushes us, belittles us, tells us that we have to believe in certain things and follow certain rules and conform. And if we don't, then we are going to be exiled and talked about and bashed and all of that. Then we don't want that to be our Mm. familiar anymore. What we want to do is go inwards and say, 
how does it feel to live in this familiar? Truly, mm. do you feel good internally? Well, no, of course I don't feel good. Okay, there is a new feeling that you can feel. Let that anger that you're feeling inside, let that hurt for all the years that you have just been forced to really fit your big entire being mm. into this little tiny space that's breaking you all over, say, this feeling isn't one that I want in my life anymore. Mm. I would like to have a new familiar where I can fully expand who I am, where I can choose what I want to believe and not believe, where I can choose how to live my life and what boundaries I have with myself and with others. I want a new familiar where I'm not forced to conform to anything that doesn't align with me and where not conforming doesn't put me in a place where I'm being excluded or made mm. to feel like something is wrong with me. So if I want that new familiar where I feel in full expansion as opposed to full constriction, I'm making myself so small, of course I'm going to feel that resistance mm -hmm. because my entire life I've been moving in the direction of becoming smaller and now I'm deciding to go back into the full being of mm -hmm. who I am. That's scary. My body's going to resist it. My mm -hmm. mind is going to resist it because it's going to say, whoa, 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 hold on. We don't know what's going to happen. What if that person says, I no longer want you in my life? Mm -hmm. What if that boss tells me, wait a minute, this is not who I hired. Mm -hmm. What if that friend of mine tells me, you've changed. So there is fear inside mm -hmm. of you that's going to tell you, don't go in the direction of being your full authentic self. Don't go in the direction of showing all your cards and just being yourself fully. That's scary. Mm -hmm. It's going to cause so much change in your life. Well, it is. Mm -hmm. You just have to choose that that is what you want. Mm -hmm. Because when you anticipate those things happening, you're less likely to stop when they start happening because now you've addressed the fear. You've listened mm. to your body. You've listened to those fears, to those emotions. You've listened to all the thoughts that your mind is telling you. Like, let's think logically here. Mm -hmm. This person is only in your life because you are this way. Now that you're changing, they're going to walk out. Mm -hmm. You've listened to all of that and said, I know. I know that all of that is going to happen and I'm ready for it. Mm -hmm. I think that is crucial for my growth and evolution as a person. I think to shed old beliefs means to walk through a time of uncertainty mm -hmm. and to push through the resistance to get to a place where I can build new beliefs and figure out who I am truly yeah. and figure out what kind of power I really have, not one that I've been taught mm -hmm. I have. I think one of the key thoughts is to figure it out. Mm -hmm. You have to, and you will figure it out. Really, we can find solutions today, but you have to first there. And I think what it comes down to is that we need to choose our pain because it's going to be painful to remain in the current state, just like it'll be painful to go to that new state. Mm -hmm. But either way, we're going to go through pain. Yeah. So which is greater? Is the pain of changing 
greater than the pain of staying the same. And I think that one tool that we can use is make sure that we augment, mm -hmm. grow, and increase the pain of yes. staying the same. Mm -hmm. That'll help us move and change something. Mm -hmm. If we see the current state as more painful than the new state, yeah. we will change. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of a story that I shared with you once about the dog. Yeah. Remember that story? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's a guy mm -hmm. who takes the bus, goes to work. Mm -hmm. And I share that because I really believe that a sign for people, for themselves to realize that there's a conflict is when they start complaining about the existing situation. Mm -hmm. So this guy goes to the city, he goes to work, he gets off the bus, he walks to work once he gets off the bus and he hears a dog owling. Oh, oh. Yeah. And he looks at the dog and thinks nothing goes to work. So the guy finishes work. It's 5 p.m. He walks back to the bus stop and sees the dog that is still there with its owner sitting be behind the dog. And the dog is still owling. It's now 5 p.m. He went to work at 8 a.m. And he's wondering, why is that dog owling? So he goes and sees the owner. He says, sir, excuse me. I just noticed that when this morning I went to work, your dog was here and was owling. I'm coming back after work. Still the same scenario. What's going on? Why is your dog owling like this? And the owner said, oh, it's pretty simple. It's because the dog is sitting on a nail. And the man asked, well, why isn't he getting up? And the owner said, because it's not painful enough. Mm -hmm. And too often when I'm talking about making sure that the current state is more painful than the new state, we are not feeling enough pain to change. And like the dog, I've seen myself in that situation where I'm complaining about something when in reality it's time for me to get off that nail. Mm -hmm. Owling is a start and mm -hmm. it's okay, but at some point we have to feel the pain yes. and get off of that nail mm -hmm. and move forward. Yes. I think many times we stop ourselves from feeling how painful mm. our reality is because if we give ourselves permission to feel that pain, mm. then we're going to be forced or urged to make a change. Mm -hmm. And we're so afraid of making a change that we would rather stop ourselves from feeling in the first place mm -hmm. so that we don't have to make a decision mm -hmm. to change our reality. This has happened to me so many times before, mm -hmm. but I'll tell you one time when I had texted my therapist about a way that someone treated me. And I'm not going into details because everyone will know who I'm talking about. But I said, you know, this person said this and that to me. Can you believe it? Like, it was just really hurtful words and mm -hmm. describing me in ways that did not resemble me. And I'm just telling my therapist, like, can you believe this person said this to me? And she responded with, wow, that must have felt awful. How does that make you feel? Mm -hmm. And this was hours after it happened. And when it happened, I just, I was so bewildered by what happened that I didn't feel it but mm. I was just like oh my god like I can't believe you would speak to me this way and say those things to me <clears throat> so when my therapist said wow that must be awful how does that make you feel I burst out crying mm. that's when I started feeling how awful it actually was mm. I was so fixated on not feeling it even though 
usually my go-to is mm-hmm. feeling. But because the pain of feeling would have been so painful, my body protected me from that. Mm-hmm. It said, we're not going to feel right now. This is too big for you to feel. We went to logic. Like, how could this person speak to me this way? This mm-hmm. is not about me. They must be going through something. But you have to feel the pain of what it feels like mm. to internalize those words and to put yourself in an environment where you are being spoken to that way. Because once you feel how painful it is, you are going to be pushed to make a decision. Mm. But as long as you are putting a guard up and saying, you know, the arrows are still getting through, but I'm protecting myself in some way. Mm. And I'm saying, their ability to throw arrows at me has nothing to do with me, but the arrows are still hitting me. Mm-hmm. How does that feel? Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to say, this is too painful. I need to leave. I mm-hmm. need to end this. So it's so important to ask yourself, how are you feeling? Just mm-hmm. like I asked you, how did it feel to get the first copy of your book? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, that was a little thing compared to the pain we're talking about. But mm-hmm. to feel what you're going through that is going to change something in your life or it's mm-hmm. going to push you to change something in your life. Also, does it really have to be about how painful it is to stay in this reality or can it be about how great it mm-hmm. will be to mm-hmm. be out of this reality? Because mm-hmm. so many people will wait for the moment when it's their breaking point. Mm-hmm. I can't do it anymore. I can't mm-hmm. handle any more pain. The pain of staying is so much bigger than the pain of leaving. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to leave. Does it have to be about this pain being so big? Or can it be about the beauty of being mm-hmm. outside of this pain? So every person is going to be motivated by something different. Yeah, I can tell you for certain, for me and my life, I have waited for certain situations to be so terrible to the point where leaving was the only choice I had. Mm. The only choice I had. How beautiful would it have been if leaving was one of my choices? Mm -hmm. Maybe another choice would have been to limit my exposure to the environment. Mm -hmm. Maybe one of my choices could have been to believe in myself a little bit more. Maybe one of my choices would have been to you know, give myself time away, give myself some space. But the only choice was to say, this is it. It's the end. Mm -hmm. I'm leaving. To know that I made the only choice that was available to me makes me feel like I didn't really make a choice. Mm -hmm. I was forced into Mm -hmm. that. So. But you still went ahead. I did. Because some people, even when all they have is one last choice, Mm-hmm. They still do not exercise that right yeah. of making a decision to change. Yes. You still went ahead. So to me, it's like whether we have many choices, which mm-hmm. is possibly preferable, mm-hmm. or just one choice left. Yes. We have to go forward, mm-hmm. make the decision to change, however painful it might be. And I hear you when you say, wouldn't it be even better if we could decide to choose not based on pain, but based on desire? Because mm-hmm. you want something so badly that you're going to make these changes. That's possible and we do it from time to time. Yes. But what I've come to understand mm-hmm. for myself is that pain often is a much stronger motivator. Mm-hmm. And very often we get wake-up calls. Yes. Health, death, 
all kinds of scenarios that we all live through as humans, these wake-up calls touch us in a way that we redefine our perspective about mm -hmm. what's happening. We reprioritize things and we think, hey, you know what? This, I've been settling here. I should no longer settle for this in a relationship, in a career, in your business. And it shifts your perspective. These wake-up calls, we also have to use them to get us going. Yes. So it's a choice, mm -hmm. really. Uh, if it's by desire, awesome. Yeah. But I've come to understand that for me, often pain is the greater motivator. Yes. And it's important for every person listening to figure out what their default is. Mm -hmm. Because I do know many people who are always fixated on what's the next best thing I can have. Mm. And so it's easier for them to have a lower level of pain tolerance where they're just like, this much pain is all I'm willing to handle. I'm moving on to the next thing. Mm. Whereas other people are just like, I can take and take and take and take until I get to that point. Mm. Also, if your only choice is to leave, it can be so dangerous if you don't want to leave. So if your only choice is to leave and you don't want to make that decision, what are you going to do? You're going to change as much of yourself as possible to try to keep the reality of staying. Mm. So many people who are stuck in bad jobs or in bad relationships or in bad cults or family dynamics or whatever... If they don't want to leave, if they don't have that internal desire to leave, mm -hmm. and the only choice out of that environment is to leave because that environment isn't allowing you to be yourself or mm -hmm. to change something inside of you. It's toxic. It's mm -hmm. telling you this is the only way we will accept you. But if you don't want to leave and that's the only way out, it can be so dangerous for mm -hmm. you because you are going to continue to dim yourself and break yourself and become a nobody mm. in that environment. So reflect on that. It, sometimes we think that we have no other choice but to stay because mm. we're so afraid of what it means to leave. If you tell yourself every day I'm going to increase my belief that I can leave, that I can survive outside of this environment by just a little bit, just 1%, mm. With time, you will start getting that desire to be out of this environment. Opportunities and pathways will open up in your mind. Mm -hmm. So feeling stuck is very valid. So many people go through it. There's nothing wrong with you mm -hmm. if you feel stuck. Just remember, believe in yourself a little bit and in your ability to survive outside of a place that you are actually not even surviving mm -hmm. in. You're just merely existing. You're not thriving. You're not reaching your full potential, not even half or a quarter of your potential. You're in, in an environment that is just tolerating you, mm. that is just keeping a small little box for you. You cannot step outside of it. If you do, you're in danger. Mm -hmm. So what kind of a survival is that, you know? Challenge what your survival mode is. Mm. And say to yourself, I want to be in thriving mode. Mm -hmm. I want to be in full explosion, exploration, growth mode. Mm -hmm. So to leave an environment that leaves a little spot for you mm -hmm. 
your beliefs about yourself and about the world and about those people that you're surrounding yourself with or the systems that you are so, you know, affected by and guided and controlled by, you have to leave those behind. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to shed those layers so that you could, you know, come out of that and, and become who you're meant to be. But as long as you are holding on to those past beliefs and all the people that hold you to those past mm. beliefs, there's always going to be that little voice in your head that says you're doing something wrong, you're doing something wrong, you're doing something wrong, when really it's them telling you that, not mm. you yourself mm. saying that to you. So make sure that you separate the voices of those around you from the voice you have from within you towards mm. yourself. I think it also becomes very confusing sometimes as to, is that the external voice or is that my voice? Mm -hmm. Sometimes the external voice is so loud and you've heard it for so long that you think that it is your voice. Mm -hmm. And to me, what's helped is that at some point I realized no matter if it was an external voice or belief that I was borrowing from someone, somebody had installed a mental model in mm -hmm. my brain or it was my own internal voice, what helped was to realize that beliefs are decisions. Yeah, Decisions can be changed. Mm -hmm. Beliefs are decisions, decisions are rules, rules are optional. That's one of my mantra. We set the rules for ourselves based on our beliefs. Mm -hmm. Now, if the beliefs were borrowed from, you mentioned cultural or religious beliefs, if it was passed down from generation to generation. What I've come to realize is that no matter how deep the convictions are about that belief, mm -hmm. even if you accept it as true, as a belief, it does not make it true. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned before, you have your truth, other folks have theirs. Mm -hmm. It's not that one is wrong, one is better, but it's important to know what is yours. And to go back to the beginning of the episode, we were talking about questioning these mm -hmm. beliefs. There's nothing wrong with questioning them. After you do, you may realize, hey, you know what? This is actually a good belief. Let's leave it in. But question them to know if they're still serving you or not. Mm -hmm. Beliefs are decisions. You can decide to believe something else. Yeah. And it's okay if you feel resistance or rejection from people around you for some time. Eventually, you'll feel good about that new belief. Mm -hmm. And beliefs are decisions, even if when we started believing them, we didn't really know that we are deciding. Mm. Like when we were really young, we didn't know we were no, deciding. Absolutely. We just followed, right? Mm. But now with everything that you know, you give yourself the right to decide mm. and say, is this a belief I want to continue mm. believing in or is it something I want to leave in the past? Mm. So one of the most vulnerable stories I ever shared was in Welcome Home, like mm. right at the beginning, where I talked about my belief from when I was younger that told me I don't deserve that. And that was love, belonging, feeling considered, taken care of, feeling like I was a priority, like I was part of something. And the earliest memory I have that shapes that belief for me was when I was at my uncle's house and it was the night before a big celebration that we had. It's kind of like your Christmas mm. and you know, you wake up and you get gifts and all of that, or you get the gifts the night before, whatever. 
So my aunt and uncle called, we're all playing in the playroom and they called their kids to go downstairs to the family room and said, you stay here, it's family time. Mm. And I remember I was wearing a green turtleneck and my hair was, you know, half up, half down. I would have been eight or nine. I don't remember the exact age. All I remember was sitting there and hearing them laugh and open gifts mm. and wow, I got this, and they were just so happy. And the first question that crossed my mind was, why can't I have that? Mm. Like I immediately form, formed this internal belief that I cannot have that feeling of family, that feeling of someone took time out of their day to include me in something, mm. to get me a beautiful gift, to put a smile on my face. And I was a little kid, so I couldn't put words to it, but it manifested as I believe that I don't deserve all the good and happy things that I see all the kids around me mm. receive. So it was only a few years ago, I'm 33 now, this would have been maybe five or six years ago, that I realized that with every rejection I faced in my life, I was going back to that question, mm -hmm. why can't I have that? And really that, you know, I say belonging, I say love, I say consideration, that is the feeling of home. Like I can just fully be myself with someone and they're gonna love me and celebrate me for being who I am. Mm -hmm. So I realized that I always went back to that question, always went back to that belief that I just don't deserve that, you know? It just made sense. If someone rejected me, if I didn't get a job opportunity, if someone I really connected with as a friend or more or less, you know, didn't want to be connected with me, okay, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm someone who doesn't deserve that. But I wasn't conscious of it. It was more like I just made peace with it because that is what I already believed. Mm. And so when that belief came into my awareness and into my consciousness, I was like, wow, I've allowed this belief to dictate 20 plus years of my life. Mm. And I've been just telling myself, this is the top of what you can get in life and from people. That's it. Wow. Because of that story wow. that happened to me when I was so young. A belief that became obsolete. Yeah. That was no longer serving you, yeah. yet was still holding you hostage. Mm -hmm. And you know what allowed me to start putting that belief in the past and letting go of it and start releasing it? It was... To go back to that little girl, mm. like I'm getting emotional right now, but to go back to that little girl with the green turtleneck and just sitting there listening to, to them laugh and be mm. happy and sit next to her and say, how are you feeling? Mm. How does this make you feel? This is wrong. Mm. They shouldn't have done this to you. That's what got me to release that belief that I don't deserve mm. to be loved properly and that I don't deserve to be prioritized. And and as I'm saying this, I, I'm very aware that some people will be like, I can't believe a story from your childhood affected you this much. Mm. Well, believe it, because 
those stories really shape our view of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So be conscious of how you're treating not only your own children or the children of others, but be conscious of the way that you are treating yourself mm-hmm. based on everything that you went through. Going back to that little girl and sitting with her and letting her feel the the exclusion, the anger, the desperation for that kind of love, the longing for that kind of feeling of, of being part of something, of, of wanting to feel that happiness and feeling like she didn't deserve it, sitting next to her with compassion and saying, you don't deserve this, that's what healed me. Mm. And that's what allowed me to bring the logic that I know now to that little girl who doesn't know logic. Mm. She just wants to be happy. She just wants to get a gift. She just wants to be considered. So there is a way to shed old beliefs through both your thoughts and your emotions. And there is a way to say, I'm aware that even though I no longer want to believe this way, it's going to take some time Mm -hmm. for me to get to a point where I am 100% with this new belief of mine that comes from a place of, I know what I deserve. I know what I don't deserve. I know who I am and who I'm not. Mm -hmm. I know what aligns with me and what doesn't align with me. It takes time. It takes awareness. It takes falling back into a certain trigger. Like I still, after that, and to this day, at times I'll go through moments when I feel excluded, where I'll just accept it. I won't say anything. And then I'm reminded, Mm. wait a minute, this is wrong. Someone who cares about you shouldn't exclude you. You can choose differently for yourself because new Nejwa believes that she deserves more. Mm. So now you can behave differently. You talked about thinking and feeling and behaving. Mm -hmm. So to me, I start at the feeling, Mm -hmm. right? If I go to the feeling and then the logic and that helps me, to choose a different behavior. Mm. So there is a way for you to give yourself the compassion that you need as you are in the process of shedding the old beliefs and forming the new ones. So see it as a gradient. You're going from the past old belief to the new one, and you're not just going from one to the next, and mm. that's it. Mm. You're going to go through a journey. You're going to be triggered. You're going to fall back into that old belief subconsciously and then course correct. Mm. Say, no, we don't believe in that anymore. Mm. We know how badly it feels to believe in that. And to give ourselves permission to feel that feeling of how badly that belief affected us will actually push us towards the Mm. new belief. So Visually, I see it as a, you know how I said the post-its yes. are stuck on you as a kid. Yes. And then by switching your belief, you remove them. Yes. But what you were saying, I could see the post-its being stuck back on me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, hey, I thought I, I had removed it. Yeah. No, it takes time. Sometimes yeah. it comes back on yeah. for years and years and years until at one point, there's no more glue and it yeah. no longer it sticks. It just dries up. It gets yeah. dust all but over it. it takes it. time. Exactly. Um I think this is a great point for us to tell each other what the two most powerful things we learned from each other were today. The first point is reflecting on what it is that motivates you more. Is it 
pain, mm. the pain of staying where you are, or the beauty that awaits you when you leave or when you change. Mm. What is your motivator? Is it Mine? how bad this? Are no, you asking no, me? Okay, I'm asking right. the person listening. <laughs> what is your motivator to change your life or to change old beliefs? Is it how painful the current ones are or how beautiful and empowering the new ones can be. Reflect on that for yourself and decide what you want to be motivated by. Another point that you brought up that uh, really hit me was how our beliefs are like installed mental models. And the first thing I thought of was, well, why don't we just do like a factory reset and mm. say we're starting mm. with a blank slate we're forming new beliefs, we're installing new software. Mm. Um, I think that would really help for people who are listening to just visualize that, say, my life right now is a blank canvas. I've mm. done a factory reset. If I were to invite new beliefs into my life, what would they be? Mm. What new mental models would I install? So those are my two points. That would be a good question. My main point was, to me, it's like, wow. I wouldn't have thought of doing that, and I should have. But for you to go back and see that little girl mm -hmm. as an adult mm -hmm. and have a conversation and say, hey, what they're doing is wrong mm -hmm. and you're okay, that is like a mind collision that it created in my own brain. Mm -hmm. And it can be life-changing mm -hmm. because first you're forgiving what they did, but also you're talking to yourself saying, hey, you know what? It's not you. You're fine. Mm -hmm. It's going to be okay. Listen to me. Trust me. I have new beliefs. I've outgrown these beliefs that used to hold me hostage. Now you're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. I have so many examples and situations in my childhood where I could go back to that little boy mm -hmm. and say, it's okay. Mm -hmm. They're doing you wrong. It's mm -hmm. fine. It's not your fault and it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that if our listeners and viewers could just use that a mm -hmm. little bit, think of situations and circumstances in their lives, either as adults or as kids, where they have been hurt, they felt pain, they mm -hmm. have been wronged, and go back to that situation in that time and say, it's going to be okay. Yeah. It's not your fault. Mm -hmm. That's very powerful. Yeah. So... Which younger versions of you do you need to go back to, sit next to, and what words do you need to say to them? I think that's a very great question to ponder and a great reflection for you to have today. Thank you for listening to this episode of In The Clear. We look forward to seeing you next time. Make sure you subscribe to us on all podcast streaming platforms. Follow us on all social media platforms at In The Clear Podcast. Send us your feedback. What topics do you want us to talk about to bring you more clarity? Until next time, have a wonderful day.